Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Right, God is the same yesterday, today, and what? And forever. He hasn't changed. And so there are things that are revealed in his rules that even though the context is different, even though the covenant is different, there are things that God has given out that reveal his heart, reveal what he wants, reveal what he desires. And so even as I'm reading the rules for the Levites and what God said, don't do this and I want you to do that, it's revealing to me the heart of my God. God the same yesterday, then forever. And even though the context is different, I can know that that's what he likes. That's what he would appreciate. Have you ever wondered what your purpose is? Have you ever been going through the motions of life and felt overlooked? In today's message, Pastor Bill wants you to know that God uses anyone and everyone for mighty things. It doesn't matter who you are or what your past is. He wants to use you and has miraculous plans for your life. Let God take the reins and discover who you were truly meant to be. Follow him and experience a higher calling in your life. Eternity. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. The stuff that the Bible said would happen future. The stuff that used to be laughable, the stuff that people used to scoff at. Today, all those things are a real possibility. They, they laughed at, at, a, at a time when the Bible says there's going to come a time on earth where the whole world is going to view at the very same time these things happen in Israel. And there was a time where people said, that's crazy. How are we going to all see it at the same time? And then with the, 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 the you know, satellite TV and all that, now it's like, well, we see everything. I mean, I, I, I see everything happening everywhere already. Um, not no longer laughable anymore. People are going to buy and sell with a mark on now. The Bible's fairy tales. How you going to buy and sell with a mark on your head? Crazy, but y'all know they're doing it, right? It's happening. There's companies. I just saw a thing uh, last week. There's a company where the, you know when you go to some jobs, you gotta you know you gotta swipe to use the door and swipe to use. This company is offering the option of an implant, and they just implant a thing, and you can just go to the door and put your wrist down and just start going in. It's like so that technology is here. Y'all got dogs with chips? He might got a dog with a chip. If you lose Fluffy and somebody find them, they just scan them. Skip. Your, your number and information comes up and you get Fluffy back. Um, they're putting it into your dog. So that, techno- that technology is no longer laughable. Everything that God said would happen, people just start back and say, wow, it's, it's either happened or is happening or I could very much see it happening at this point. Nothing's laughable anymore. There is no other book like this, you guys. And so we want to study it, right? I want to I know, if I want to know God, Spend time in his book because this is where God has revealed himself to us. It says in John 1 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? If I want to get to know Jesus better, I got to spend time in this Word because this is where he's revealed himself to us. So when you spend time in the Word, this is what will happen. Anybody spend enough time with somebody else, some of you married couples, you kind of start to know each other, you know? I've been married. It'll be for me and my wife. It'll be 18 years in in uh, in May. Ooh, in May. So in, in, in this amount of time, we we know each other. I know her. She know me. And you know she'll know. Watch. I bet you she'll tell my kids. I bet when your dad sees, he's going to do this. And then I'll do it, and they start laughing. What you laughing at? Mom said that's exactly what she was going to do. Well, you know, and it's like we just we just know each other. We know each other's little little idiot. Just little things you do. She knows me. I know her. Just that amount of time spent. The amount of time you spend in the word, you'll know the Lord like that. And it'll be in your mind. Ah, uh, I know I know this would bless the Lord if I did that. Why? Because I read that one verse that said he, this is what he would want. So I'm going to do it. And it'll just be in your mind. It's, it's an amazing thing when the word of God is sown in our hearts and sown in our minds, how that 
Now my thoughts are in tune with him. I'm, I'm connected in a greater way to God. I know him. I know what he would want. I know he would not want me to do that. I know that this would glorify him. I know that this would please him. This would bless his heart. I know because I know his book has been revealed in his word. If you don't spend much time here, you could go through this life and it's like, I, I, I know God. I love God, but I know him very lightly. You know, I know him like that kid I see at school once a week. Some people, that's how, that's how they know God. Somebody that you see in a once a week occasion. You know, how much can you know about someone you see once a week? You know a little bit, you know, you, you can gather knowledge each week. But wouldn't you know somebody much better that you spend time with every day having discussions with? And so when you read your word every day and you're praying every day, you're just going to end up in a place where you know God better. You are known by him perfectly. Bible says he knows the hairs on our head, even if you bald. He knows us intimately and he knows every detail about us. But we could know him better and get to know him. And so moving on. It says, verse uh, 16, and uh, this is a verse that every believer should memorize. You should highlight it in your Bible. It's a key verse. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as you go back, it says, first of all, all scripture and it is, you know, one of the books I read pointed out that in the Greek, all means all. There are some people that feel like, well, this part of the Bible is inspired, but I'm not sure about this part over here. This verse right here tells you that all the Bible, all scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired means God breathed. You have many opponents of the Bible say, but the Bible is written by men. Not really. The Bible was breathed by God. God inspired the men that wrote it. God inspired them. This wasn't men picking up a pen saying, I'm going to write this stuff down and stick it in the Bible. These were men that were moved by God. God moved them to write what they wrote. God's spirit inspired them to write what they wrote. And yes, he used their pens. Yes, he used their hands. But it's, it comes from God. It was birthed in God. These are his words. He's not the words of a man. And so all scripture is inspired by God. Um, there's a group, and I don't want to, you know, belabor it, but there's there's groups of people that have decided that there's some parts of the Bible that are inspired, some that are not. We'll be the ones to tell you what is and what isn't. We'll pick through the Bible and say, that's probably not, this probably is. When you do that, you become the judge of the Bible and the Bible is supposed to be the judge of us. And so it's better to not take that approach to the word of God. It's all inspired by God. God inspired the whole book and I'm going to read it as the very words of God and what happens when you come upon verses that gets like, I don't understand. How, how come God says that there? And I, I don't understand why God this and how come God that? That's where you begin to study. That's where you got to go. And, 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 and we'll come to that a little bit later. Just how to get the most out of reading the Bible that we can understand it. So all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it says, and it's profitable. And it begins to list all the things that it's profitable for. But it's profitable. It's beneficial for you and I. To be in this book, it's all from God and it's profitable. The first thing it says is profitable, profitable for it is doctrine, right? Doctrine is just for proper teaching. And so the Bible is profitable, it's beneficial for you and me for teaching. God, God's going to teach us and instruct us through the Bible. It's beneficial for that. Then it says for re reproof and correction. And I was looking those two things up to say, what's the difference? They sound similar, reproof, correction. And it kind of works like this. Reproof would be telling you, don't do that. Um, the word of God is, 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 is giving me information. I'm looking at what you're doing. I'm saying the Bible says don't do that. Reproof. Correction would be now I'm showing you what to do. And so one um, one of the things I read used the illustration where Paul said 
Let him who stole steal no more. Reproof. Stop stealing. Any, any ex-thieves here? Um, no, just me. I was, I was, I was, that was, yeah, I won't talk about it, but you know, let him who stole steal no more. That would fall under reproof. Stop that. But then it says, but rather, um, let him, let him work with his hands doing good. So now this is what you do. Instead of stealing, now you work with your hands. Um, you do something profitable. That's the idea. So in the Bible, we use the Bible. We'll tell people don't do that, right? Some couple comes in there, stop fornicating. Oh, but I like girls. Good, good. That's what God made you get married then, right? Better to marry than to burn, the Bible says. This, that's correction. Stop fornicating, reproof. Um, what do I do with this? Get, you get married. You, 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 you buy a ring. You make a commitment. You, you go to some counseling, and that's the, that's the correction. We can be so heavy sometimes on the reproof. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't. We don't tell people what to do. Some Christians are like that. They, 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 they almost bog down people that don't know God because it's like, well, I know everything I'm not supposed to do, but then what do I do? Don't get drunk. Don't smoke weed. Don't fornicate. I just, my whole life will be a big don't. Uh, you know, but we got to give them the flip side, right? That, that, don't get high. Don't get drunk, right? For these reasons over here, then what? You need to get filled with the Holy Spirit, right? What you're seeking over here is available over here and it's free and it doesn't have a price tag on it. You won't get a DUI for it. It won't ruin your life. And so don't do that. Do this. Right. Then Paul say that don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. Reproof, correction. And so many times the word of God is working just like that. Paul says, hey, the Bible's good for that. Show me what to stop doing. But it also is good for showing me what to do. I'm not just left at a don't do this. God says, stop that, but do this instead. And so. Again, how do I know that unless I seek the word? I encourage people this because sometimes we have very specific questions. You know, maybe you may be sitting here right now saying, I got some questions. I got some very specific questions. I want to know what the Bible, that, then you should, you know, I'm always available myself. Any of the pastors here, I love doing Q&A with people. I'm not one of the pastors that'll be like, don't you be questioning the man of God. I'm not a man of God. I'm not that anyway. But if you have Bible questions, then you bring them because sometimes we do have specific questions. You know, I was kind of wondering as a Christian, if I'm not supposed to do this, then what do I do? You know, um, if you have things like that, then you should bring them up. You know, you can ask your questions. Our job, the pastor's role is to equip you and to to be able to answer questions patiently and, and do that for you guys. So if you have questions like that, um, know that I am. We are available for that. And um, we'd love to take your questions. So it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Then it says, for instruction in righteousness, um, to show you how to live right. The Bible's profitable to show you how to live right. Instruction in righteousness, right living. The Bible will show me how to live right. Um, then it says that the, um, that the man of God or the woman may be complete. That, mean, that word complete means to be mature, that you grow to maturity. Maybe ma- complete or mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so even the good work that you desire to do for the Lord is going to be impacted by your knowledge of the word of God and what you're doing with the word of God as you know it. And so I want to give a few different things. Um, there are different approaches that people have to come into the word. And so I want to I want to just give a few things that I think would be helpful for all of us here as Christians. Um, you guys know every year as a church, we encourage everybody to, to, to read through the Bible. We give out the bookmarks and we encourage you guys at the start of the year, hey, commit to this this year, read through your Bible every day. That shouldn't be your only Bible reading, but it's something that's a good, it's a good, it's a good way to stay faithful and consistent in reading the word. And 
um, it's every week, every day you'll know what you're supposed to do. You'll know where you're supposed to go. You'll pick up there the next day. Your knowledge of the word will be more complete. You'll read through verses that you wouldn't probably go to on your own. Some people read their Bible like this. They get up in the morning, they go shotgun and just let God speak to them. And they say, I, I always get something when I do that. I'm, I'm glad you do. Not the best way to get into the Bible because think about this. Some of these books are letters. Would you pick up a letter from your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and just go, uh, page two, I'm going to read a paragraph on a page two of the letter. You'll be like, no, you go read that whole thing. If you just read paragraph two, you might miss some stuff. You might misunderstand um, what is meant by this paragraph right here. If you haven't read what come before it and what goes after it, you wouldn't read a letter like that. So I don't encourage you to read the Bible like that. The Bible has letters. Um, it's best that you take a book at a time and you read it from beginning to end. Um, that's the best way to read the Bible and have understanding, comprehension of it. So um, first of all, um, we need to commit to just read the Bible on a regular basis. Commit to reading it as we seek to understand it. Context is very important. Um, here's some questions you should ask about portions of scripture that you're reading that you can understand it better. Um, you want to know who is speaking, uh, who's talking, um, who they're talking to. Uh, this is where a lot of people mess up. They'll look at maybe what God was saying in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant to a group of Levites that were going to serve as priests. And God, they'll read that one verse and look, this is what God's word says we're supposed to do. No, did you read the context, buddy? It was that what was to those people under that covenant that were in this ministry that doesn't exist today doing this work. So, you know, I had a guy, you know, you guys see I'm here in a, in a T-shirt, pretty relaxed clothing. There's some churches where that's disrespectful. You should not pull to get behind the pulpit without a coat and a tie and a suit and a robe and a swirl and all this stuff. So I had a conversation with a pastor and he said, you know, the Bible does speak. I said, the Bible don't say nothing about what we about attire for the pastor. No, it does speak about the way we're supposed to show me. And we're, we're writing a, a passage speaking to a priest in the Old Testament. I said, OK, I said, this, so when you get done wearing, are you going to slaughter an animal? Because I said, if you just you go back and read this section. It's like that, there's no priesthood today, brother. I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor. I'm not I'm not sacrificing animals for y'all sins. Jesus is a sacrifice for y'all sins. He's our high priest. He's our great high priest. And so I'm like, so when I read this, I realize the context. I realize I could wear what I want to wear. So can you. And so I'm not going I'm not going to abide by laws and rules that don't exist. But that comes out of knowing the context. And so we want to know who's speaking, who they speaking to. Um, again, is there, you know, what's the time frame? Because, again, if it's under this covenant as opposed to under the new covenant, I need to take that into consideration. Um, is that something that was for that covenant? Um, is it not right now on Thursday nights? We're going to Leviticus. And, and I've, I've, I've gone before the Lord. I said, God, you know, I'm going to teach, teach you the whole Bible. It's all inspired. So I'm not skipping anything. We did Genesis. We did Exodus. Now we're in Leviticus. And I'm like, but God, so much of Leviticus is giving, I mean, giving instructions to the priests about what to do. And I'm like, how does that, I'm, I'm praying as I'm reading, I'm going through it. I'm like, these are all these laws this week. I've been praying through the whole section for the, the, um, the, um, the uh, leprous people. And I'm like, how does, you know, What's that, what does that mean to a group of American Christians in Inglewood, you know, in 2015? Like, what, is, what do we get out of it? And, and I went back and read it with that in mind. And this is what God showed me. Right. God is the same yesterday, today and what? And forever. He hasn't changed. And so there are things that are revealed in his rules that even though the context is different, even though the covenant is different, there are things that God has given out that reveal his heart. 
Reveal what he wants. Reveal what he desires. And so even as I'm reading the rules for the Levites and what God said, don't do this and I want you to do that. It's revealing to me the heart of my God. God, the same yesterday, then forever. And even though the context is different, I can know that that's what he likes. That's what he would appreciate. And I, I would I would give it to you like this. You know, my wife has a different relationship with me than with our kids. We have a different commitment, a different relationship, so forth and so on. But I go overhear her say something to my kids and be aware of what she wants. I can overhear her tell my kids, hey, I want this whole thing. I want you to, you know, she's not telling me to do it, but she's telling them, I want you to take care of all this before I get back. I want you to clean this thing. Now, I don't have to do it. That wasn't to me, it was to them. But I do know her heart that she liked to have it done. So I'm aware of her desires. I could go help get that done. I could go, you know, kick the kids, make sure they do it faster, you know, but I'm, I'm aware. And so that's kind of the word. You want the context. Um, and you don't want to look at any part of the word like, well, I don't want to read that. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to know the Old Testament because that was the Old Covenant. Now I'm in the New Covenant. You'll miss a lot about who God is. You'll miss a whole lot about him. You won't appreciate Hebrews if you don't know Ex- Exodus and Leviticus the right way. Um, you won't appreciate all the stuff in Hebrews to talk about how, how now he's our great high priest unless you understand the role of the old high priest. And so it all kind of comes together. So we want to know the whole thing, but you do want to know it in context so you can believe it right, live it right. One of the big things now for the the people that are pro-homosexual, they'll go into the Bible and the passages that come out of the Old Testament, Leviticus and some of the law. And we know that under the law, there were some sins for which God said, if you sin that sin, stone them. Why do you do that? How come certain sins God said stone them to death, like let them die for that sin and other sins you get kicked out of the camp and other sins you got punished and you, you had to you know, go through a ceremony of being cleansed. So some people say, well, aren't all sins the same? No, not if the punishment is different. Right. If I tell you, if you lie to me, I won't talk to you no more. If you steal from me, I'll kill you. Do you think I feel the same way about lying and stealing? Obviously not. Why are you going to kill me for one and not the other? You know, I take it different. So God revealed it in that God saying, look, I, I do feel some kind of way about that. Why they got to be killed? God, and it says it. If you read those scriptures, God said, and put away the sin from Israel. I don't want that sin to permeate the culture of my people. So kill them. It'll be an example. It'll be an example to everybody else that's thinking about ruining what I'm doing that way. And it'll, be, it'll put the sin away from us. Now, there are people that look at that today and say, look at, look at the God of the Bible. Just, just kill him. So you're going to kill us for doing it? No, no, no. That's why I live it. That's the Old Testament. Um, but my God's heart for it is that he would like to put it away from his people. What's the heart of it? How do I? So, so as, a, as a Christian, um, what I allow in our church, what we develop, uh, you know, there are some churches where they just put the, the guard down and, it, and their church is full of homosexuality. Like it permeates the church. It's up on the worship. You got dude in worship like all like this and like that. And it, I'm telling you, it'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. It'll never permeate. God said, put that away. Do we hate them? Absolutely not. Love. I love everybody. We love them. They need Jesus. Like, like when I was a heterosexual sinner, I needed Jesus. I needed to be forgiven. I needed the gospel. I didn't need a church to say, well, just come stay how you are and be here. Because I would have been in there trying to talk to all the girls. You know, I didn't need that. I needed to know that what I was doing was sinful. If I died like that, I was going to hell. And thankfully, some people helped me come to that conclusion. So that's what we need to do for them. Love them? Absolutely. Grace for them? Sure. The gospel? That's what they need. Just let them come and take over? Absolutely not. Never. No, not never. Because because the words say. Um, so that's where context becomes important. So I, I want to know what God is saying to who he's saying it to, what the context is around what he's saying. It'll help me 
to understand what I'm reading and to uh, be able to apply it right. Uh, another item when it comes to Bible reading that we're the Bible encourages us in many places that we should meditate on the word. Um, it's good to read the word. It's good to read a lot of the word, but you want to meditate. Um, Psalm one, the psalmist there said, uh, you know, the um, that he meditates in the word day and night and the, the blessed man meditates in it day and night. And he becomes like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in the season. Um, God told Joshua um, that, you know, I want you to be in the word and I want you to meditate in it day and night and don't turn from the right or to the left of the word. So what's it mean to meditate in the word? It's to to take it in, to read it, but just kind of let it permeate you. Just um, the word literally means to speak it under your breath. Just to spend some time. I want to understand. I'm going to just I'm going to just talk this little verse through and. I, you know, my, my family will tell you, I, I do a lot of talking to myself. Sometimes I put in my earpiece and get in the car and I ain't talking to nobody. I'm just it's, it's really talking to the Lord. I'm talking through scripture. That's how I memorize, which will come to that as well. Um, but it's just spending time just talking it under. And I'm saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. And as I'm saying, I'm thinking it through and I'm asking God as I'm saying it. What does that mean? What do I get from that? And just talking the word through. And I'd be amazed at how, how I do that. And it just opens up, becomes more. I was doing that with this chapter and it was like, you know, Paul said that that last verse that all who I live God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And it says, but, and I know, but means there's like a change of context, you know, but you, and he gives him some direction, but evil men in the posture will go first. And then it says, but, and it turns it again. It's like, every time I see, but I'm like, but, 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 and I didn't get that when I just read it fast, but when I read it slow and I meditate and I'm like, oh, I see the, but I see the, but I see another, but, 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 you know, and I just, you read it and I'm like, you just. It just opens up. I understand, but I got to read it slow. I got to take some time with it. I got to spend a little time. So meditation is important. It's been said that reading the Bible without meditating is like trying to eat without swallowing. Try that. <laughs> don't try that. <laughs> We'd be at the ER praying for you. You know, so you, you don't eat, you know, you chew your food up and it's like, who is so good? You just leave it in your mouth. No, you swallow it. You get the nutrients from it. And they say, you know, trying to read the Bible without meditating is like, eaten, you tasted it, it was, that, was, that was good, but you never got the nutrition from it because you never took it in, you never swallowed it. Um, we want to spend time meditating in the word. Another thing is this, and we talked about it already, he said all scripture is inspired. Um, it's all of it. Um, it's a quote from A.W. Tozer says, nothing less than a whole Bible can make a whole Christian. Um, we can't not take what we like and leave out what we don't. Um, and again, there are many people that say, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, too, you know, but, you know, I'm not going to acknowledge the stuff that I don't like. You can't do that with the Bible. You can't come to the word and say, I'm not going to conform. Uh, I come to the word to say, God show me. And over the years, God keeps showing me and God will keep showing me what's not right, what is right, what to do, what not to do. And my life will continue to be transformed until I meet him face to face. Um, that's how it's supposed to work. God's right. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a what? A liar. So he's true. He's right. I'm wrong. If, if, if my life comes in conflict with the teachings of scripture, God's not wrong. I'm wrong. And when I'm wrong, he's told me in the word what to do. When you're wrong, what do you do? You repent. You make a U-turn. God will forgive you. and He'll give you a chance to walk in newness because he's so good. He's so merciful. He's so gracious. And he loves you so much. And so it keeps the walk fresh. Man, as I see what's wrong, I can say, man, God, I, I just as I'm reading that, I see that what I'm doing is wrong. I'm sorry that I'm wrong and I'm going to turn away from it now. God says, awesome. You got a new slate. I forgive you. Only God. God does that for us. Um, but that's how we got to come to the word. I cannot come to the word and say, well, God, I, I like this so much. And even though you say don't do it, I, I see what you're saying. But 
You can't do God like that. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that that's their response. Well, I know the Bible says this, but. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Buffington on the Transforming Word. Pastor Bill comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Are you in the area and looking for a church to call home? We'd love to welcome you into our community. Head on over to CalvaryInglewood.org to learn more about the church and the people in it. And then come see us this Sunday. For those of you who can't make it, don't worry. Technology is an amazing thing and we're using it to leverage the kingdom. You can follow our live stream on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. And you can always go back and watch it later on YouTube. There's a link on our website, which was CalvaryInglewood.org. In this series, Pastor Bill is going through the book of 2 Timothy, a letter of the Apostle Paul. Timothy was neck deep in ministry troubles, and Paul wrote to encourage him and give him instructions, like these ones found in 2 Timothy 2.1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is a series you won't want to miss. And if you'd like to jump in and become part of this ministry, you'll find opportunity to give online or on our mobile app. Give to a transforming word and join us in spreading the transforming good news of Jesus Christ. You'll never know how far your gift will go. Well, that's all we have time for today. We'll be back next time for another great word from Pastor Bill right here on A Transforming Word.